Subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Matt and Garrett, we are back again to spend time with you, share our ideas, thoughts, creative energy with you, hopefully help your day be a little bit brighter at the same time. We appreciate all of you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. we got a great topic that Matt brought to the table. Give full credit to Matt on this topic. Thank you. There you go. Uh, if you want to learn more about what we're all about through Ninja Selling, go to ninjaselling.com. You can check out events that we have coming up. You can learn about our coaching program. You can get to know all of us better there. Um, if you want to know more about this community that we have that's based around this podcast, just go to Ninja, <laughs> go to Facebook and search the Ninja, <laughs> Ninja podcast. Oh, I don't know why I don't like this so much. <laughs> <laughs> go to go to Facebook, look for the search for the Ninja Podcast group. You'll find us. We're there. There's nine thousand one hundred people in that group right now, and uh, very supportive, great group. And they'll all uh, share like-minded ideas around Ninja with you. So, with Matt, with that being said, let's jump to your topic. <laughs> Good morning, Garrett. Garrett's off of a lot of travel over the past couple of days, so we'll cut you some slack. There, my friend. I need slack on like the last four episodes then of me doing the intro or the outro. Uh, something about the Facebook. Yeah, for those ones where you weren't traveling, just it, it's a mouthful. I get it. Every time I hear you do it, you're like Facebook.com slash group slash the ninja selling podcast. Yeah, I mean, it just it's there. The order of it in my brain just twists it all around. In my mind, I want to do it your way. And then my my mind wants to do it my way. And then it just like intermixes the two together. And that's where it goes downhill real fast. So I understand. That's plenty of information. People find it out. Well, so today's topic, Garrett, I'm excited to talk about this because I was shared a statistic from an event and it had me thinking of, of things in a, in a way that I hadn't really thought of it before. And I was like, wow, this is all... BS in a way. So the stat that I saw or that was shared to me was a photograph of two things. And the first was 70% of realtors today that are active have never experienced a normal market. And 80% of lenders have never experienced a non-refi market. Now, the second stat, totally fair. I can understand that. It's based on you know kind of facts, right? Because who's going to refi if the rates are higher? But the first one, I was like, okay, well, what's the definition of a normal market then? If we're going to say 70% of realtors have never experienced a normal market, how are you qualifying that normal market? And, and it led me down the path saying, like, this is such garbage. There never has been a normal market and there never will be a normal market. There is no such thing as a normal market. That's the conclusion I came to. And I said, we keep telling people, oh, new normal this, this is going to come back to normal. And I don't want to hate on us, Garrett, and our profession, but I was like, it's a real easy way to develop new training programs, new coaching programs, new this, because if you tell people, oh, 70% of you have never experienced this, so come to us, the experts. We've seen this before. We'll guide you through it. But we have no idea what's going to happen next. All we know is, hey, we have a fantastic system that will guide you through any market because the one thing that is constant is change. So a normal market then is one that we've never seen before in some ways. So think about it. if you have a sales system that is is directed in one way. Let's say I have a sales system that is directed towards working with expired listings. 
and I can coach you and help you with expired listings. There is, I guess, what you could say a normal amount of expired listings. If you look back over the years, you go like, well, there's usually about this many expired listings that we have that we can build a system off of. There are some markets where they're like, this is not normal. But that fluctuates too. Even that strategy, I wouldn't say there's a normal market for that strategy. There's a market for that strategy. There is a time when the market is doing these things that would help you employ a strategy like that, right? We can also have a market sales system around open houses. We can have a market sales system of coaching and training that we could say, well, what is a normal amount of open houses that are in the marketplace? And where are we currently at like a year ago of normal, you know, where people had never seen what open houses maybe have done. But what I think is so powerful about what you're bringing to the table here is, is one is, is that this search for what is normal when it comes to human behavior and how marketplaces work. Like there are some certain systems you can take and say, well, this is normal. This is somewhat normal, I guess. But when it comes down to all the moving parts of what makes a real estate transaction work and the psychological situation that happens around somebody who needs to buy and needs to sell, there is no normal. There's too many moving parts. There's too many variables that happen around this. I think some people get stuck in a world of searching for normal. We're just waiting for the good old days to come back, uh, which are people then that are, are really not willing to change. And what we get to watch, Matt, and what we try to help people with is not really try to like wait for the good old days and we got all these systems and don't worry. Right around the corner, these systems are going to work again. This is the why I was attracted to Ninja so long ago. It's not like, oh, don't worry, they'll start working again. They work through every abnormal market we've seen forever. Yes, that is 100% true. I mean, we've seen people thrive on Ninja systems through multiple different markets. And I think when you think of normal, it really just comes down to perspective because the people who always say, oh, we'll get to a normal market are the people who've been around for a while. But the people who say, yeah, I've seen that before. And I think it's unfair to say to the 70% of realtors that have experienced a certain market to say, oh, what you've experienced is not normal. Currently, that's normal to them. It's like, what do you mean we've never had a normal market? This is normal for me. This is what I understand is normal. And if we want to play stats, then technically isn't what we're experiencing now normal. If the majority of realtors have only experienced this, then this this is what's normal for the majority of the realtor population out there. Yeah, just because you've been around for too long, you have a different perspective. Like, what's, what's your problem, dude? You've been in the business for 17 years? Come on. Yeah, come on, old man. What, what are you trying to do? <laughs> now, I'll balance that with experience is also a fantastic thing. And to have an understanding of a buyer's market versus a seller's market, to have experience of, okay, where we need to work a little bit more diligently to position properties in order to be the one that sells in a shorter period of time. Yes, that makes sense. But to call that normal, I, I just... As you could tell, it got me fired up a little bit because I just felt bad. I, f I felt like it was making people feel uncomfortable. And I think there is, and this is bringing up psychology of money again. That book is, is so great because this one part talks about how whenever there's horrible events in financial markets, for example, in 2008 or you know late 1980s, we then take that experience and say, I'm going to protect myself against this again. But the next down market has nothing to do with what caused that down market. So we protect against something that doesn't happen. 
And so you look at this in real estate and you say, okay, well, so I know, and I'm going to take my strategies of what's happened before to help you who've never experienced it be protected. And then that protection doesn't work. In some ways, the people who don't have experience might be better prepared for this, what we're calling a market shift. I think people who've never experienced before might be better prepared than people who have, quote unquote, experienced this before because they don't have any old habits. They don't have any biases towards how to handle a market that could be shifting in favor of buyers. So let me disagree with you for a second. So what I see is there's three camps. There's not the experienced and the unexperienced agents where the unexperienced are coming in saying, like, wasn't this normal? This is just a market. This is what selling real estate is. And there's the upper group, which is like, we're just waiting for normal to come back around. Like, it's just, we're kind of like looking for like when we're going to see this again. The third camp is somewhere in the middle and they're the experienced agents, experienced business people in the world that are looking at this marketplace and saying, okay, I've never seen this before. I have experiences in my past that I can somewhat relate this to where I have tools that I can be like, in the past, I have a tool that worked well. We're going to use that tool. We're going to pick this one out over here in my tool belt. But they're also in the position of saying, it's not all the same tools. I need to craft some new tools right now. I need to have some new new pieces in my tool belt here as I move forward, where the rookies coming out, they're like trying to load their toolbox up with everything they need. And we got the experience sitting there sometimes going like, well, I've ha- I have all the tools I need. Like, I, why would I make new tools? Why would I invest in you know, forging something different? And then there's that middle group. And they're the ones that I'm watching thrive right now. They're not waiting for the good old days to come back. They're saying, okay, I've got all these tools and which ones are now applicable to this marketplace and this situation that I'm in. And at the same time going, okay, what new stuff do I need to figure out? That group I'm watching thrive right now. And I think that is irrelevant of experience at some point, right? Because you can have brand new agents that are great business people. You can have somebody two-year in the business, absolutely killing it, understanding, seeing things, because that's more of a mindset and a preparedness in terms of your emotions in a, in a way to be able to handle a shift and know what you don't know and know what you do have access to. So I agree with you on that with the asterisks of maybe the experience isn't a factor. Can it help? Yes. Can it hurt? Sure. Can lack of experience hurt? Sure. Can lack of experience help? Sure. Which comes to it really being individual. We try to put these averages and normal (laughs) labels on things for an industry that has products that are unlike each other in every single aspect, right? I mean, as a realtor, you're a salesperson for a service to help somebody sell a product that has never been seen before, except when it's been traded prior. Regardless of whether it's the same model home as the one next door, it's still a different lot. It's still got different attributes to it. And to then put like, oh, this is the way that these things operate, I think is unfair. And if we keep the dynamic viewpoint of how we should operate in an ever-changing market, then you're going to be prepared to handle all the things. Because two things that we can expect over the next several years. One, change is going to happen. Two, closings are also going to happen. (laughs) So there's going to be a changing market and people are still going to buy and sell homes all the way through it. 
Well, and Matt, you mentioned about the unique product that we work with. And it's interesting if you go and take five properties off the MLS, you know, just five random ones, just pick five randoms and then sit down, go look at all of them, go tour them, check them all out, walk through them, get a good sense of what they are, and then sit down with a piece of paper and say, okay, what are all the things that are similar about these properties? Things that are like for like about all these properties. Well, they have walls, they have a roof, they have windows, they've got doors in them. Like you can go down that and find those things. And that's going to be pretty common across the page. You can find that with anything that we're looking at homes. And you say, okay, well, what is unique about these properties? What is it something that each one of these properties has that's unique to another one? And you're going to have a pretty long list of views, proximity to schools, proximities to maybe hospitals, you know, walkability. There's all kinds of different aspects that all of a sudden you're going to be like, wow, these are really unique standing alone. There's a couple crossover things, but most of it is very unique stuff. This is where it becomes interesting in the industry that we're in because it really is complex. I think it's interesting, Matt, also that we talked about this before we started recording is that where a lot of people get confused about a normal marketplace is inventory. And they look at it and they say, well, we're getting close to more of a normal marketplace. We've got two months of inventory right now. We've got three months of inventory right now. And it's like, well, where did we decide that a neutral market was a normal market? (laughs) Yeah, just because we're getting closer to buyers and sellers having even footing, quote unquote, why is that considered normal? Because that's what we like or that's what's easier? I mean, if we go back over the last decade, the category of time spent in a neutral market would probably be the shortest amount over the past decade, right? Because there was the buyer's market after... 08 that we were kind of coming out of. And then that led to just a massive run of a seller's market. And we barely saw a neutral market. If you think about what a neutral market looks like, so you can describe it in like two two extremes. One is very, very, very few homes to sell and very, very, very few buyers that are, are wanting to buy those homes. You can do the math on that and find a six months worth of inventory and be like, oh, we're in a neutral market right now. At the same time, you can have a crazy amount of homes on the market and you can have a crazy amount of buyers in the marketplace and the activity is just going all over the place and you look at it and go, okay, where do we stand? We're in a neutral marketplace. It'll take us six months to clean all this inventory off the table. Both neutral marketplaces, very, very different from one another and we do not have normal in there. Nothing necessarily is normal. Yeah, that's a great point. What a great way to look at it. Like the same statistic market, but totally different in actual practice, right? And so part of what I want to share today too, Garrett, to everybody listening is like, stop waiting, stop seeking the answers for a normal market. Instead, seek practice, seek skills, seek process, hone your skills in your own process because you have an advantage right now. The fact that you are a trusted advisor, the fact that you have people to talk to, that's the best thing ever. All you need to do is get out there and practice these things, engage, and you're going to have business. You don't need to wait for a a normal, excuse me, market to come back for the good times to be here. The good times are here. They're always here. It's just a matter of your perspective. Now, this is different, Matt, than like the old fashioned saying, which is like, when's a good time to sell? Now's a good time to sell. Like, it's different. We're talking about you actually having the ability of running a business and helping people through whether they need to sell or buy or whatever that looks like. Um, This is not about like just convincing people, like, right now is always a great marketplace. It's 
People out there need your help. And I think that that's where we get to watch. This is where I love that we help people build a business around life changes that people are going through, helping them figure out how to increase pleasure in their life, decrease pain in their life. Real estate is just a byproduct around that. It's not what you're seeking. It is just what you happen to be able to help people with when those times and needs come up for them. And that happens in any marketplace that I've ever been around. And I've been around some pretty good extreme ones. Somebody was saying to me like, oh, what does this all look like right now? What does this all mean? I'm like, I don't know. I watched the banks fail and people still bought and sold homes. Yeah. That's a pretty good extreme. I watched the entire world shut down for months. And people still bought and sold homes. People still bought and sold homes. Like, I don't think, I hate to say it. It felt like I caused the pandemic last time when I was like, we need a good natural disaster. Yeah. And it didn't call the herd the way you expected. Although maybe, maybe it will now. I don't know. But I look at like, it's like, understand how resilient it is because of people's need for the security of a roof over their head, because of people's security and need to protect their families. This is like fundamental core stuff, like caveman type stuff, like how we operate and how we work. And it's what causes this marketplace to continue to move forward always. And again, there's opportunity in all these places. And I find, again, the ones that understand that I can focus in on those people that need our help right now, and they're staying in good communication. I'm watching people have record years right now. They're sitting back going, what is everybody talking about, about like waiting for the market and when is it going to come back and all this stuff? They're like, it's here. It's going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and this is where we talked about this. I don't know if it was last episode or, or an episode prior Looking at the numbers, real estate is a massive industry. And so if you want to track with the market, that's fine. If you want to be down in transactions compared to last year because fewer homes are selling nationwide than last year, that's kind of up to you because the market is so big that you can capture somebody else's market share. Yes, I understand that if you're doing more then maybe somebody's doing less if the overall market's going down, but we also don't know what the broad market is going on. Maybe there's a lot of realtors that are going into retirement mode. Maybe there's some people who decided to take some more time off this year and they're okay with doing less deals, which means more deals for you. The point is, is we're such a small portion of this industry that you don't have to track with the market trends. And you brought up, is now a good time to sell or is now a good time to buy too? I had this conversation yesterday with somebody and so I was like, well, I'm not sure how to advise this person about when the right time is. Maybe they should wait till spring. And I said, well, when is the right time for them to sell? When is it good for them to sell? When is it good for the client to buy? Because that's when the best time is. Now, if you want to factor in some finances and some market trends to maybe, you know, if there is some flexibility, cool. But ultimately, whenever you want to or need to buy and sell is the best time because here's the other factor. The available inventory. Remember how unique these products are? What's available today is not going to be available in the spring. So here's an interesting kind of morbid side of it. When you say like, what's best for them? My brain goes to, well, how long are you planning on being on this earth for? And while you're planning on being on this earth, do you want to have this be part of your life or are you okay not having it be part of your life? Like, Because really, when you look at the people that like, man, they bought at the right time. Oh man, they sold at the wrong time. Usually that wasn't a conscious decision of like, okay, hold, 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 sell. Like, ooh, 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 we're out. We made money on it. Like, they're not looking at it that way. They happen to hit a marketplace at the right time. 
But what they did is they were living their life and doing the things that fill them and make them live the life that they want to have. And I think that that's more important of like, we want to try to duplicate others' wins when it comes to real estate a lot of times and saying, well, now is the right time to buy, now is the right time to sell, trying to figure out that marketplace. And yes, some people get lucky. Some people can see maybe a little bit clearer in the crystal ball and can see some stuff, but it's a very small group. Best of the best realtors I know. If we knew that, if we could figure that out and see that that clearly, you wouldn't be selling homes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would be doing something else. I'd be an investor is what I'd be. If I had that clear and the people that I know that had that clear, they would just only be investing in real estate and they would win every single time if they could understand that. It's not the way it works. Yeah, it's it's not. And well, so I don't know what, what more is there left to say on the fact that there's no normal market. That's what I really want people to understand. And yes, there are other markets that you can learn from. You can go back in time and, and look at different strategies that worked in different marketplaces. But I'll add this component of change that we don't pay enough attention to when it comes to finding that normal market. And that is the information that we have access to. And the buyer's market of yesteryear is going to be a whole lot different in the future because of the velocity at which buyers have access to information and properties that they can buy. I think technology has increased demand so much that it's going to be tough to get back to a buyer's market that is that over six months of inventory because the investors are going to see those properties before it gets to that point and they'll eat them up. And so you could even be seeing a shift to, well, what type of balance is a buyer's market versus a seller's market? Maybe six months of inventory isn't it anymore. Maybe it is. And at the same point, who cares what it is? But the technology is going to play a huge role in how the new normal market operates. Well, and again, if you're trying to use the six months of inventory as a barometer of normal, that's where people are trying to figure out where do you adjust the scale. If you're trying to use it just as six months of inventory, how long does it take for the buyers to clean out the inventory we have? Six months. That shouldn't change. That's just a benchmark. It's just a benchmark is what it is. So you have an idea of kind of where this is. I know a lot of people wanted to see it shift when uh, we got up to about three months of inventory in some marketplaces. Like, oh, we got to readjust it now. All I'd have to ask is in your marketplace right now at three months of inventory, are you having multiple offers and properties are selling in like two days worth of time? Like, oh yeah, no, that's totally happening for the right properties. But there's these other ones that aren't. I was like, okay, if you did the months of inventory, by the way, on those specific price ranges in there, you're probably going to find that you have some that are above six months of inventory and some maybe that are below. But when it all averages out, you're at about three months of inventory. Well, and that gets to the micro versus the macro. Like we have these macro numbers that we throw out there and then say, this applies to every market. And it doesn't. Your micro market is different than the macro. I'm not saying you need to ignore these things. It's important to follow these things and look at this stuff because I, I think it helps bring clarity to a process. I think it does help with decision making. And so I'm not trying to suggest that throw all this stuff out the window. Our point here, right, Garrett, is that all of these things don't take them in a way of like, oh, well, we have to wait for this to happen. Just, hey, here's some information. How are we going to make decisions with this information that we have right now versus, well, what do we think is going to happen in the next two years? Because if you want to buy and sell now, let's do it now. Like, why are we going to wait two years? I think 
if we want to take this to a car analogy, because we haven't done it in a while, and I just had this vision in my head. Vroom, vroom. Oh, nice, nice. I, I, that brings it right to my point. So when I look at like a car, like Matt, you were saying like, don't ignore the signs. Like don't put your head down. Like you do need to pay attention to this stuff. You kind of got to look at like driving down the road and you got all these warning lights on your dash and you can ignore them if you want to. You can also understand what they are. There's people in my household that when the warning lights come up, can name any names or point any fingers, but they go, well, what is that? Like, what does that little doohickey mean? Like, is that like, is that like, what is that thing? And I have to be like, if you look at it, it's the picture of a radiator. Like that little picture means that we're running out of water in the radiator. Like we should probably fix it. There's an education piece that's good for you to have about when you're driving a car, when you're operating in a real estate marketplace, when you're doing anything, when you're an athlete to go, what are my warning signs that I need to stop? because I'm going to cause major damage, or I can proceed forward and maybe change what I'm doing to take away the damage and the concern and maneuver around this. I know in my car, my little radiator light comes on, add a little bit of water, good to go. Like, let's go. Like, gotta love my car. Predictable. But those are, you don't want to just put your blinders on. Because if I were to put the blinders on and be like, okay, there's this little light that came up, but nope, I'm just going to keep driving because that's what I'm supposed to be doing right now and keep going. I end up with catastrophic engine failure. Well, you could also miss, I think this is the other thing, if you're waiting for or expecting a normal market and an indicator comes on that doesn't match with what our viewpoint of a normal market is, then it's, oh, well, I can ignore that because that doesn't happen in a normal market. That must just be, that's not real. Like, oh, the new light comes on on the dash. Oh, I've never seen that light before, but we're in a normal drive pattern right now. So that probably means nothing. It's like, or it means something significant, right? And you have to be aware of these things. My whole point of this analogy is educate yourself. Like all these, these little pieces of information that are out here, the more educated you can be, the more you can sit down with somebody that needs your help right now. And in an educated way, you can sit down and point out what all the warning lights are, what they mean, how we're going to navigate through this time that we've got all these things. What are all the opportunities that sit in front of us right now? And if you're just waiting for the past to come back, you're again, you're talking about what was happening back then. We need you to be educated right now. And there's incredible opportunity out there. Matt, I've said to many people in a marketplace, we've talked about the confusion in the marketplace. When there's confusion, people turn to the people that they trust. They turn to their trusted advisors. They turn to their friends, as I say, people they trust and say, wow, we're thinking about selling our house. Who do you guys trust? Who's your realtor? The more confusing, the more weird a marketplace can kind of get, the more often they'll do that. we got a lot of confusion out here right now. I don't mean that in a negative way. I love the way, and I think I already said this on a podcast in the past, but I love the way that Larry said it, and I've heard a couple people say it, is the sellers right now are living 12 months in the past. The buyers right now are living 12 months in the future. And with that, we have confusion. And our job is to help bring those two people together and say, okay, this is right now. And how are we going to help both of you get to where you want to go? They need us so badly out here right now. It's just a great opportunity. Yeah, it really is. The lesson that I take from that, Garrett, is live in the present, live in the now. Stop waiting for the past and stop predicting the future. Live right here in today's market because you have buyers and sellers and people with life change that would like to do something today. They don't want to wait for the future. They don't want to wait for the past to come back. They would like to do something today. And if you're waiting, they're going to go to somebody else who will help them today. So 
be present with your business, be present with your people and stop waiting for normal. This is current, present. This is your normal today. And tomorrow you'll have maybe a different normal, but whatever you're living through, that's, that's the normal of now. And that's the most important normal that you can be in. And Matt, we both know if I look back on 17 years of me working around the real estate industry, I can't put my finger on any time in 17 years that that was a normal marketplace. Every single one had some extreme thing going on in it, some change that it was shifting to another place, the different different parameters that we were playing with. I couldn't tell you one. Somebody will probably come on the podcast and be like, ah, it was this year. This is the year that was normal. That was the normal. It's like, okay, that one year out of the last 17. Hmm. Wait. So if... 16 out of the 17 were different than that normal year. Why is that then normal? Because I want that to be the normal, Garrett. Yeah. I just want security. I want safety. Tell me something's normal. Well, I got to say thank you, Garrett, for exploring this topic with me because I was getting a little, getting a little amped up uh, about it because I was like, wait, it's making sense. Of course, all the people who are selling stuff to realtors are going to tell them that there's, they're not in a normal and they have never experienced it because, man, what a great way to attract new people in. If I notice a massive decline in the coaching program, Matt, by the way, I'll call you first and be like, dude, thanks for that topic. Well, hey, we're here to help guide people on the ninja path, not show them what a normal market looks like. I'm just kidding with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to say thank you to everybody for listening to us today and always. And I also want to say I appreciate each and every one of you because the comments and things have ticked up. And I think it's just a natural progression of, of this podcast continuing on over three and a half years now, approaching episode 400. And all of you are amazing. You know, I love the, the calls, the emails, the texts. And, and I have to apologize public here to uh, Frank Warren. Uh, I think I mentioned this on a prior episode, but I actually have his buyer packet here in my hand. He mailed it to me and it went to the Carolina One office instead of my home. And uh, I didn't check the mail for almost a year. And so I have his buyer pack and it's really good. So I'm going to take some photos and post them in the in the Facebook group because he's got some good things going on in there. So thank you, Frank. Thank you, everybody for tuning in and um, check us out. The Ninja Selling Podcast on Facebook if you want to join our community. That's the way to do it, Matt. You guys have a great day. <laughs> take care, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.